right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here. Uh, we have our guy who he took his son to the Jaguars game today. The Jaguars got their asses absolutely handed to him by Shani. I can't tell if he's happy or upset about it. Mr. TC. Hello, TC. Hey, guys. Uh, I was I was like that Rob Lowe picture. You know, I was just, <laughs> I was just sitting there rooting for the game, rooting, rooting for the sport of football there. No, I was I was rooting for the Jags, uh, but it was it was pretty open and shut. Shanny coming off a bye week is 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 a tough tough deal, and I think Freddie understands that now. <laughs> lesson important lesson learned. DJ Pi is here. Good evening, DJ Pi. Hello, guys. Happy to be with you. It was fifty eight degrees today in Milwaukee. Got out and walked eighteen holes here on November twelfth. The the short season haters are furious, uh, but you know we're thriving up here in in the Midwest. Tron. Congratulations on your victory. Condolences on your loss uh, today at the, at the football you. game. DJ, it was, it was 58 degrees here, too, and everybody was freezing their asses. <laughs> Florida cold. Yeah, I was, I was kind of cold up here as well, but, you know, you got to make do with what you got. Uh, the No Laying Up podcast is, of course, brought to you by the Titleist Pro V1 and Pro V1 X golf balls, the number one choice of players on the PGA, LPGA, and wherever competitive golf is played. Listen, listen. The golf ball you play, it matters. It matters a lot. Uh, every little testing thing that we've done has highlighted that, whether you know it's chipping, it's putting, it's feel off the putter face, it's you know the profile of how you hit your driver, how much it's spinning, what window it's coming out of. TC picked up 78 yards of carry, I think, just by getting in the right golf ball. I don't know if I have that number right exactly, but uh, he, he's hitting out of a totally different may window. <laughs> Results may vary. He, he added three yards of loft to his driver. Um, you know, getting getting matched up with the right golf ball and the right driver makes a lot. Every golfer's game is different, whether, you know, you're Max Homa or, you know, your big Randy, whatever it might be. Selecting the model that meets your unique performance needs in terms of flight, spin, and feel is key to playing your best. That's why Max plays the Pro V1. Camila Vajegas plays the Pro V1X. Lilia Vu plays the Pro V1X. Uh, TC and I play the Pro V1. DJ plays the X. It is all based on personal fitting and information that has come uh, to us from people that are way smarter than us. You can seek this out. You can go to Titleist.com to start the fitting process. Find out which Pro V1 is right for you. Uh, I, I cite this moment a lot. This was about a year ago at this time when TC and I were playing at uh, one of the many private places that we play around the city of Jacksonville. And I hit a shot out of the rough to a back right pin with a wedge that held for the first time in a long, long time. That's when I knew Pro V1 was the right golf ball for me. So go to titles.com, start that fitting process, uh, and you can potentially end up like the pro. Uh, Maximus Homa finally gets his major championship trophy uh, over in Africa and uh, gets 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 the monkey off his back. Actually, uh, producer's in my ear right now. I believe we this is not pre-recorded at all. He's calling in live uh, and joining the podcast right now from from over the ocean. If we could uh, cut to that right now, here's Max Homa. Producer stays alive even across uh, multiple, multiple, multiple time zones. Yeah, it's a this is a daunting um, return back to the states, but it is better now. <laughs> what what's going to go down on this on this flight, and how long is it, and and what's about to happen? I have a feeling I know. We have like an 18 minute flight to uh, Johannesburg airport. And then we have quite the, I think we have quite the wait there. And then I think 
Justin and Jill are on my flight to London, and then we have like a four-hour layover. So that I think, if you're in London right now, I would get to the airport because <laughs> we might be putting on quite the show. That's going down. <laughs> Tell me about this trip, man. I don't even want to hear about the the wind that much as much as I do the safari. That looked like a, a life changer. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm not even like exaggerating. I was I was like joking about it on Thursday, but like if we won the tournament. It's obviously awesome, but the most memorable part of this week was that safari. Lacey came in. Uh, she ended up leaving Monday once we got to uh, the tournament. But Jill and Justin were nice enough to let us kind of split their trip to the safari. And, dude, it is nuts. Like, it is a different world, but it's it's weird. It's almost more – it's just like the most real place you've ever been. You know, animals – kind of doing their thing to survive uh we get obviously caught up in in our worlds and that's great uh obviously we we have to survive as well but just how majestic animals are but how every one of them has like an instinct or an mo on how to like live and then how to eat and all these things and it was weird we saw we saw two cheetahs just devouring this wildebeest and i thought it was going to be a uh a rather concerning thing to see prior to the trip and then you see it and it feels kind of right in a way i mean they got to live too it was it was odd and i don't know it was just one of those life-changing things i'm not going to make it sound like it's like bigger than it is but it was just one of the i don't know golf has brought me to some really cool places and i've been very very fortunate to do some really awesome things but that that is beyond beyond my dream so i was very appreciative of getting to go there i thought you were going to bring it around i thought you're going to be like hey this week i got to be the cheetah not the wildebeest like that's how you could Dude, i swear to god that was what i i said this morning i i texted somebody i said uh i i said uh we're going to be the lion not the impala <laughs> so <laughs> it's a big thing over here Hey guys, sorry. I, I jumped on late. I, I thought we were going to talk about the golf tournament, but if you guys are, uh, are talking, you know, circle of life and, and that kind of thing, I can duck back out for a Dude, bit, but circle Max, the shit. congratulations. <laughs> fun, uh, fun news to wake up to. Thanks, man. Deej. I, I, uh, it was, it was one of those weeks, Justin and I got here Monday bodies felt just tremendously bad. We had balls Monday laughing at each other. Justin said it perfectly. He said, uh monday we worked on forward and then the next day we worked on straight so it was a grind what i mean i can guess at least one of the reasons why you ended up making this trip but it's been a long year there's you know a lot going on in the golf world one would think it's time to rest up what what made you want to you know travel a little bit to play a little golf this uh this fall i mean it is it is fortunate as as someone who's been playing well like you get cool opportunities i was offered a few events to get to go to and it's it's one of those things like we've never had the off season. I've been very interested in a lot of golf tournaments, just watched them growing up, but we don't have I could do it technically, but flying here and then flying back and continuing the PJ Tour season is like just that would just be not a good idea. So now that we had some time off, you know, I'd always want to go to Australia. Um that was before uh Tiger's event and that would be a nightmare travel. And then, you know, the Ned Bank has always been just like one of those events. I'd be lying if I said I've watched a lot of it just because of the time change. But I, we've all heard of it. It was the first million-dollar prize. Like, Tigers won it. Uh, Ernie's won it. Seve's won it. Like, it's just a big event. And I uh, got the invite. It fit, like, dead perfect. I wanted to play something throughout this fall. I wanted some time off, but I wanted to play something. And, and it was, like, perfect. And plus, they threw in, like, we could go the safari with JT and Jill and it would have been just kind of a cool trip and just something to experience. As I've said, like we're really lucky where we get to go 
uh, throughout golf. But I mean, South Africa was not really on my list early on in my career. So when you get that chance, it's far, it's far as hell, but it, it was, it was worth it regardless of the golf. Max, you, you know, predominantly play on the PJ tour and, and not that every single week is the same, but a lot of them are, you know, same infrastructure, same setup, same, you know, same types of, of fans, same types of, of vibes. What was the, what was the feeling down at this event? I know very, very, very little about it. Uh, what was the, what were the crowds like? What was the atmosphere like? I'm, I'm it was pretty sick, dude. It was chaos. There's not as much personal space. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we had these marshals that were great, but I mean, they're not like security. And people in the pro am were like walking up to us in like the middle of the fairway and on the tees to take pictures, uh, <laughs> which was it was fun. It was different. The fans were awesome. Like they were, they're into it. The, the people here in South Africa are like lovely, lovely, like super nice, super welcoming. Uh, they have all have their own kind of chance. And there was a lot. I mean, I saw a dude in a Dodgers jersey today, which was rad. RIP to the Dodgers this season, but it was different, but fun. It was chaotic, but fun. Like all of it was, I don't know. I tried to take it as just a new, like, I get if that happened on the PJ tour, this is the sad part. I would be like, what the fuck is going on? Like someone, but in this one, it was completely different. I had, which was pretty cool. I had four kids today, probably under the age of 10, follow me the entire 18 holes. And from every green to every tee, there's no ropes. And they walked with me the entire day. And it was one of those things that it was awesome. Like it, it is different. It, it's, it's new to me, but it was fun. Like I embraced, I guess, like the uniqueness of it. And I don't know, it's, it's like I said, it, it's cool to come do something new. And we don't get the opportunity a ton. We kind of get in that repetition of, you know, you play, um, Hawaii, then you go to Tory, then you go to Riv. Like, you know what you're going to get into. Here, we were completely, <laughs> um, I don't know, out over our skis a little bit, but it was uh, it was truly a blast. Tell me about uh, this scene at the end of the at the end of this day. <laughs> the, 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 the the volunteers and the dancing. What well, what was going on here at this celebration, bro? They they were like, we're going to pick you up, and I'm like, are you sure? This dude, this dude uh, on my right had a stranglehold on my knee that if we went down, that thing was going to rip into every ligament and every single ligament was gone. I was very impressed with their strength, but it was one of those things they were chanting and cheering and Gary Player was telling me like what they were cheering for and it was pretty awesome and we had actually experienced a bit of it at the safari and um, like I said, just everybody over there just seems happy and, and I don't know, like just the the ovations and like people saying thank you for coming was cool and then to get to be with all these fellas and just get up in the air it was it was sick dude it was it's one of those things that i just will never forget it was fun as hell homa 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 <laughs> that's what i kept hearing when uh when you're walking off the that photo green it was great but well we appreciate now that you're a major champion uh Finally. you know you're keeping this keeping this traditional does it do you think this don't don't change yeah. man you know stay the same does this open up some uh, some major championship possibilities for you in 2024 yeah in in, in uh south african spirit i think the baboon is finally off my back uh finally got <laughs> <laughs> finally finally got uh in contention and got the dove at a major so yeah i think uh i got 14 more to catch tiger 17 more to catch Jack. So I really feel like I'm, I'm hitting my stride right now. You said, but you said Tiger won one of these. So I think you got to add, yeah. you got to add another one to Tiger. 
right. It's a real in safari terms, you know, how do you eat the elephant one bite at a time? Right. <laughs> like, you let me tell you something, dude. Can't win the second till you win the first. And I agreed. Elephants were so cool. The first time we saw them, like, these are so nice, peaceful animals. By the end of the week, I was terrified of elephants. <laughs> terrified. So <laughs> I, I'm not eating an elephant. I will I don't I don't need to see another one of those for at least a year. <laughs> well, if I was a beer on one of these flights you're about to take, I would also be terrified. Yeah. So uh enjoy enjoy the celebration. Uh congratulations. Thanks for keeping the tradition alive. Safe travels back to the States, and uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you very much. Those beers are going to look at us like we're the elephants, and they're going to be terrified. <laughs> Some people are hearing that conversation for the first time. They might be TC. But uh, stoked for Max. Again, I think we say this, kind of say the same things we say after when he wins one, but it feels pretty darn normal to watch our friend win golf tournaments now, and uh, that's the highest compliment we could pay him. I think there's almost like a achievement unlocked, right? You know, you, you go win the Fortnite. That's, that's one thing you go win, uh, you know, one of the many, many, many other tournaments he's, he's won in California. That's one thing. Now he's just, he's winning these events. He's getting paid to show up to man. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's one of these appearance fee guys and he's going and, and backing it up. He's, he's, you know, certified, uh, BDP, I think up there now. So it's, he's it's winning before he even wins. Exactly. Just can't stop winning. He's cycling upwards. <laughs> If I I don't want to say that this you know JT and him going over to play this event is the a sign of things to come in terms of global tour and and the growth of golf globally, but I will say this is a big win in the terms of the fall not counting towards FedEx Cups. Like he would not have made this trip if the the FedEx Cup uh, counted in the fall. He basically said as much. Like he probably would have to schedule several events to play in the fall to make sure he doesn't start the season way behind. Does this mean potentially we get more players to go play the Australian Open or just go play in place? I think they genuinely feel the love in these places that they go travel to. I, I felt the same way when we went to the uh, Asia Pacific Amateur in Australia. Just like people just kind of randomly surprised that somebody ran, you know, you randomly Wait, you ended up paid at this to event. go to the Asia Pacific. So much Amateur? money for sure. Went on a safari out there too with, with all the kangaroos. Uh, no, it's just like people are super stoked to have like. Like people randomly show up in their country and, and at their golf events and get really excited about it. And I don't know. I felt the love there. I'm sure Max felt the same thing. We, we just, we got to share, you know, this photo I'm sure has, has been going around, but all the volunteers picking Max up on their shoulders. I believe KBV had the light of the week saying it looked like the inverse, uh, like the coffin meme, the guys getting all the like well-dressed dudes carrying the coffin. Uh, that was like the, it was like the opposite, you know, Every, there, nobody died. Everybody's just absolutely thriving. And, uh, it was, I could not stop laughing about that all day. I loved it. Solly, is this a BDE? Um, Listen, TC, I, I, I should ask the question to you. I guess we know the answer if we ask you. I, I'm gonna my my answer is gonna maintain the same. If it wasn't our friend Max that won it, uh, I, I do not think this is a, a big dick event. But of course, Listen, you will. You know, it's a it's a continental major. It's Africa's major. That's uh, such a good. For those that don't know, I think they just started saying that on Twitter, right? Like it just became like hashtag Africa's major. Which and if, I'm I'm way in. I think it's great branding. <laughs> Which it's it's some serious shade at the magical Kenya Open, if we're being true, honest. True. As well. Great point. And on the like, trophy Hassan one, two, three, and four, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh no, I mean, you know, you got you got both you got Dos Hoy guards there. Mm. You got uh Torbjorn, Fleetwood Alex was there, Bjork, right? Wasn't he? Things of that, you know, Henny Duplessis, things of that nature. So, Fleetwood didn't win it, so I think that does make it a big dick event. Yeah, exactly. So I will, I will uh, <laughs> go. It was the highest rated field of any event this week. It had a stronger field than the Butterfield uh, by two points, I believe, this week. Butterfield. Just, just, 
I, I want to go back very quickly, Sally, to what you were saying about, you know, guys going around in the fall, not, uh, not counting towards the FedEx cup. I, I think that's a double-edged sword, right? I mean, I, I, I think it's, I'm not necessarily riding, you know, I'm not saying that the, the Butterfield needs to be the most important thing, but something does kind of happen when, you know, you, you do lose that context or you lose like these things kind of laddering up to something. Right. I, mean, I know like we're going to get to the whole Camila story, which was great, but a lot of the fall stuff, like it's been a really, really, really good fall. I, I, I hesitate to say that, but I think it's totally true. But a lot of that, these events just like really come and go, man. Like they, they really don't feel like they have any connectivity to anything. So I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys think it's a net positive or a net negative as far as, you know, what you're saying about guys maybe going to play these other events. I, I still, I, I agree. I think it's great for those markets and it's cool for them to go see different parts of the world. But I, I'm curious if you think it is a net positive or a net negative. TC, I'll, I'll start with you. Yeah. I mean, we're growing the game. Right, that you know, all these guys are 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 all hot about growing the game. This actually does it, I think. Uh, no, it's better than. And there's there was 21 guys in the top 100 in the OWGR this year playing this event. So that's way more than I would have thought. I was gonna say I would have yeah. gone like nine or ten. Uh, it yeah. was, a, and and, that, and that's without uh, counting my guy Sammy Valamaki. Uh, at 109 as well, but no, I I think it's well, he's, he's not in the top 100, so he wouldn't count towards the <laughs> right. NTC, yeah. Just for that's that, right. that they would leave him out of that stat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I you know what I think this is a lot more palatable to me. A, it's on at a weird time, which I always dig. B, uh, it's like it's so much more enjoyable for me to watch a tournament that's just a total outlier than to pretend like some event ladders up to some meaningless, you know, season-long competition. Uh, and by the way, Rory won the race to Dubai this week without playing uh, as well. Speaking of like meaningless season-long competition. So I don't know. Like I'm, I, I feel like it's just this massive breath of fresh air, not having to even act like the FedEx cup fall matters this year. So it, you agree. It, it's it's you know it's it's called the fall series, but I think it could be renamed to something like the. We don't care. We we don't care. We it's the Stephen A. Smith fall series is what it, what it comes down to. A lot of people have pretend like invested a lot of fake capital into pretending like they care and real who, capital. <laughs> who no who fifty one through sixty are that make it the final ones that make it into the all the, all the elevated events as it stands right now. Mark Hubbard would be the one left out, uh, tragically left out, if I may say of uh, both the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am and the Genesis Invitational. Uh, I don't know how you have that tournament, you know, without going further down that list and just ex including more people in it. But uh, no, listen, I think we, it is a, the fall events do carry obviously less with them. It's a weird con lack of continuity thing. I mean, Camila Vajegas, who we're going to get to, I promise, is now exempt through 2025. Like there's still tremendous, tremendous rewards. Yeah. You just don't get 500 FedEx Cup points with it, which I guess feels weird now just because we're shaking it off from having years and years have done it, but it will make so much more sense come January when we're starting with a clean slate. And like, this is where the season begins. The rest was all wrestling to lead us up to this point. Football is kind of starting to fade away now. I mean, it's playoff time in, in January and whatnot, but it's about to be the PGA tours time and it's all going to make a lot more sense. So I, I like clearing the deck. I, I, I hated uh, all these like the Seamus Power era of you know when wow. like, you know <laughs> wow. racking up points in the fall and still like threatening to make the tour championship. Those days are gone. I'm sorry. I agree. No, it's it. 
it just feels a lot less bolted on now. It's like, hey, everybody, we can just pretend, like we can stop pretending and now it ladders up to something, but it doesn't ladder up to the regular season. We're, we're going to need a Paul Kimmage sit down with Solly uh, to talk about his complicated relationship with the Irish at some point. <laughs> He just won't stop shitting on the Irish. It's it's terrible. I would say to the Irish, have a little bit more pride past Seamus Power. You got a lot more things to be excited about. They just get the most mad when we don't talk about Seamus Power. I, I played, uh, we were at the NIT last week, and I played with this uh, delightful guy from from Ireland and ended up caddying for him in the in the finals as well. And that was one of the things he, he was saying. He's like, man, he's like, are there actually people that get fired up about this Seamus Power stuff? I'm, I'm really sorry if there are. Like, that just doesn't just doesn't seem right. It's probably like two people, uh, but yeah. yeah, no, it's this it's is wild. There was not a single down. Irishman in the field down in South Africa. Hmm. Probably Crazy. all battling it out at Butterfield. <laughs> I don't have a ton more else. For, I watched a fair amount of this coffee golf this week, but weird, obviously weird golf course, as you might imagine, Gary Player Country Club, but uh, kind of weird, cool greens, these weird uh, tongues to them where you, uh, it was like, the pinnable space was clearly just for a tournament. The only weird thing about it was it wasn't really contoured around those. It was just very flat and very short grass around it. And everyone was just had these really makeable 25 to 30 foot chips to these weird corners of the green. It was not challenging at all. I didn't think, but uh, it had really, it had potential. Like if you'd have contoured that a little differently or put, had hazards around these little corners, it would have been uh, a little bit more fun, but sounds uh, like the scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about the scorpion king later. Uh, maybe player was looking for some shelves where he was probably going to plant some trees there. Just never got around to it. I think he was just looking for, for something to dump on and he found something to dump on. And it was the Anwa, of course. Uh, when being asked about Annika Sorenstam, uh, joining Augusta national, he said he was excited about that. And, uh, the, the, the female commentator, I forget who it was, uh, was commentating and said, yeah, they've done so much, so much great, uh, for women in the game, including the Augusta national women's amateur. He just says, well, I'll disagree with you on that. And did not expound on it at all. Can only assume he meant. Can only assume he meant the best uh, by that, and, the, and and thought the whole. What do you think? It, he not, like, what do you think he doesn't like? Did they just change? So I know, like, the video that was going around just like cuts off there. I, I was not watching the broadcast at the time. Did he? Did they just change topics? Did just I was nobody... told the topic was changed very quickly after that. Um, <laughs> afraid that's of what? scary. Just capturing the zeitgeist, man. I feel like every everybody's like, yeah, yeah, enough of this. Enough of this really cool women's amateur tournament, man. These guys are so high on their own we, supply. And we must talk about Blocky. <laughs> <laughs> that's a guy that hasn't gotten enough run. Yeah, that's wild. I know there was, uh, you know, he had his his run in with with Augusta and the whole thing with his his son, right? And they were selling tickets. And I think that I, I don't know. I think maybe it's just to become a frosty relationship with him and uh, him and Augusta. He also is mad he can't like take guests out there. Which yeah, you you're not a member. Like you're not a member of the club, and I don't think they want you taking guests. I don't think they want you out there, Mister Player. But. Um, <laughs> Listen, could be wrong about that. That's so sick. <laughs> what if they don't even let him out at Champions Retreat? <laughs> That's what he's really pissed about. He he designed he designed one of the nines there. Which nines do they use? I don't think they use his nine. That that, that might be, be what he's oh, pissed about. That could right? be right, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it the Arnie nine and the Jack nine? I think. Yeah. I don't know. That, that, that could would be make it, sense. Right? That would make sense. Could be it. 
Yeah. It's not an yeah. equitable competition. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure his feelings were represented uh, by a lot of other people in the audience and not just him being personally aggrieved to the course they're using for that. But he's, he's still great. pissed too that those trees were falling down. <laughs> <laughs> we need more trees. He wants KVV to go out and test him. Make sure God. they don't lose anymore. <laughs> that feels like a fever dream. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> Uh, onto the Butterfield, which now I can't say with a straight face because I know how much it just tickles TC. Cam- Camilo <laughs> so Vajegas, uh wins for the first time since 2014. Guys, he was doing commentary like three months ago. He was uh, signing was for good. second stage of Q School next week. Jesus. He was so good on the call, too. Yeah. He was doing a great job. Camilo rules, man. This was, uh, listen, two things can be true, right? Did, did I watch this tournament? No, I didn't watch the tournament. <laughs> Okay, not going to pretend like I did. I'm not going to pretend like anybody else should have. I watched the whole highlights package. Shout out to the PJ Tour for actually, you know, starting to put together some some good post round highlights. I, I watched all of it. Golf course looked kind of sweet. We can talk about that in a minute. Uh, the second thing is that there are a ton of really good stories at the Butterfield, right? And that friction is really funny to me. Like I, I don't know how you you keep those two things in your head, but like the Camilo thing's unbelievable. He like hasn't won in nine years obviously we can talk about his daughter in a second like i said he was signed up for second stage of q school next week he was like i mean i know you guys would have been what just going into college probably when he was like really breaking onto the scene like oh five oh six he was kind of like ricky before before ricky was kind of my best comp i feel like just Awesome, cool guy, fit guy, cool fashion, doing the putter, you know, the way he was reading greens. All of a sudden, he started winning all these BDEs. Uh, And I I just can't really wrap my head around, like, the mindset that he must have gone through over the last nine years to continually, like, Max has talked about it very eloquently, but, like, continually try to break that rock open. And the quote that he had in the his his post-round press conference was awesome today i think he's like very very articulate well-spoken guy about you know just kind of articulating his feelings and his mindset and a lot of that stuff and it was it was really cool to listen to but basically said like yeah man there were so many ups and downs and i never stopped getting up early like i just i got up early every day and for doing that for a decade and just kind of constantly be thinking like is this ever going to happen? Am I going to get it back? Am I not? Am I wasting my time? Should I just be hanging it up? Should I be, you know, doing all this stuff? And like to, to actually see it pay off was, again, I watched it. It was a YouTube highlight that I watched personally, but to see it pay off was was very cool. And also like to to do it on a place like that where he talked about going like basically totally rebuilding his swing and uh, how his swing coach told him you know i need a full year if you're actually going to do this like this is going to take a year to actually figure out and apparently you know this happened he broke through like well before the year but to go through like a swing change and then to win at a place like that that's like super crazy windy like that i think is even more impressive so i i'm a massive camilo guy i love listening to him and i'm i'm happy that he's he's going to be around for and to do it in the wake of like personal tragedy yeah alluded to that i'm sure you've seen the story going around if you didn't know already but his his daughter mia was 22 months old and uh, passed away in 2020 uh spine and brain tumors that she was going with uh kevin price recirculated an interview that he did from his first tournament back uh after she was diagnosed and so she's going through chemo this was i think in 2020 
and him talking about like what she was going through and him coming back to play tournaments. I mean, it just, it's the kind of stuff that is like, you know, it's awful, awful, awful circumstances, but kind of makes you a fan of this dude for life here in the way that he spoke about it and how clear eyed he was and how positive he was about everything. And then obviously, you know, things went horribly after that and she ended up passing away, but it was, uh, I don't know, just to see all that come full circle was, again, we can dump on the Butterfield. The Butterfield shouldn't exist. There, There's many, many, many easy targets to to point to at the Butterfield. Best case scenario, I think, from a from a winner standpoint. So at least at least we got that. And obviously, we didn't really talk about it last week, but same thing with Eric Van Royen last week, right? And talking about his friend from Minnesota and and just some really cool finishes. And it's just a very weird product that we're, we're being kind of dealt with every week that you know it's so optional viewing <laughs> because the stories are actually really good yeah the opportunities there right i mean the opportunity for people to greatly shift and shape their careers and have career defining moments even if no one's watching uh is is still there and i think this is a, a again i keep on back to like it's a rare kind of w for fans it's still uh providing the players playing it at ample opportunity ample funding the, the purses are still quite gigantic uh, considering the eyeballs watching it and yeah, pretty amazing back-to-back weeks, uh, from these last two. And Camilo was T2 last week. Again, we didn't do a recap pod last week, but, uh, he almost won last week somehow in Cabo and wins on a very, very different golf course in a different part of the world. And, uh, yeah, which, gosh, which he hard. talked about, he talked about this week too, and just kind of being like, oh man, finishing second last week meant that I didn't have to go to second stage. So that, that meant I get to go to final stage and then like, you know, just changing his life that much in 11 days. It's like, I, I know again, it's not like winning the masters, but like to him, it probably feels like it a little bit. And I, I think there's something cool too, with like all the other Latin players, like you hear stories about him and he just seems like a guy that has really, really, really embraced. He's, he's what, like 41 now, I think he's just really embraced, like taking the next generation of latin players kind of under his wing and showing him the ropes and seeing all those guys kind of run out on the green afterwards was again on on youtube delay but uh all the ones who didn't leave for live <laughs> well yeah there's definitely that uh it was just cool man Heart, heartwarming stuff very very happy for him and uh we need to have him on the pod would love to yeah would love to hear him in kind of long form because i think he's a very smart interesting dude amen to that what, what makes you like this golf course, Pi Man? Because I, I feel like I was trying to, and I don't know if it was the condition or whatnot this year, but it just had, it it just looked a little rough out there. Totally. No, no, no. It looks like, um, I mean, it's all Honestly, relative. I want to send TC there to chip because that is the great, I got for a full video. It's Bermuda. Yeah. It's the it's grainiest Bermuda. place I've ever seen uh, on any golf course. It is looks like a total, total nightmare to chip around. It's it like has, a double entendre, the Bermuda <laughs> Championship. <laughs> it, it is like a, uh, I don't know, so it's a good question. It's all the elevation changes wild. Like seeing some of these guys hitting these like hero shots way downhill into what looks like a just 30 mile an hour wind just is really captivating a lot of the stuff on the ocean again it just like looks cool in like a golden tea kind of way but then also like the conditions and stuff almost look like it kind of looks like a muni a little bit right so it's like this weird mix of like pj tour golf at this place that looks a little bit like what you would see if you drove down the street you know condition wise 
and but then you also put it on the ocean and there's all these like great views it's just this i don't know it's just this weird kind of cool mix of stuff i just i i don't know i i don't think it was like you know i don't think it's the best golf course uh in the world but i i think it's i remember more of those holes than i would probably at like sanderson or something no offense to the people of jackson it uh I, I don't know enough about agronomy really to, but it seems like there's it, this happens really in south florida too like courses that are like all right you're about a year or two away from like every blade of grass out here needing to be replaced <laughs> everything gets sticky every like the greens get super sticky everything totally. just lands and sticks like it, it, it could be really fun if the ball rolled and released in some spots it doesn't need to be sand belt fast and firm but just seems to probably need to be regrassed fairways regrassed greens regrassed and the ball can bound a little bit and it makes a lot of that contouring kind of pop a little bit because there is some cool elevation change to it i totally agree with you there it just doesn't play it reminded me uh i've never been to this golf course obviously but the uh <laughs> it, it reminded me on tv a little bit of the the bay course at kapalua it looked like a lot of tees where you're just kind of looking at it and be like huh this is kind of a fucked up like weird golf hole let's see what happens here you know and there's all kinds of all kinds Sounds of like the scorpion <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly uh, we can only hope uh let me let me float this one to you i don't know if you guys went on a on a deep dive but just to just show how long camilo's been been doing it who do you think was runner-up at the first the first time he won on the pga tour dudley hart jj come on Hinton. <laughs> Come on, that's that's no fun. That was Dudley Hart. I have his Wikipedia <laughs> page up. Oh, how about the Anthony Kim one then in in 2010? I hadn't that's, gotten there yet. He beat yeah. Anthony Kim by five at the Honda Classic. Absolutely handed it to him. So yeah, he beat that, Sergio those, in a playoff. He won the Tour Championship. Yeah, didn't he won he won two playoff events? Didn't he? That wasn't that the did. year that that VJ had like locked up the FedEx Cup by like VJ uh, won like 17 <laughs> events. Yeah. Thank but God that doesn't happen in any of these events anymore. Camilo basically did. I mean, he did what Hovland did this year, basically. Right. And he didn't win the FedEx Cup because I think it was already over. Was that the was the was the Ryder Cup in between the B, the BMW championship, the tour championship 2008? We're not going to go off on this. It might have been. It might have been. Uh, uh, they were three weeks apart. So that might have been. It was. The Ryder Cup was the week before the tour championship that year. Uh, we'll get to that in the 2008 Masters recap. In about Solly, what you want to say about Norin? Do you want to anything you want to say? About yeah, Norton? it was a great solo second, you know, <laughs> 61, 66, 67, 68. Hey, I think we all, I, I can speak for the whole group here when I say whenever we check in on Alex Noren's standings, we want him to do well. We want him to succeed so he can spend his summers at Visby and he doesn't have to go to the Rocket Mortgage um, and the 3M and things like that. So I'm um, glad he, you know, I, unfortunately, this doesn't count to next year's points. Um, so we're going to need a, yeah, but it gets him from 86 to 64th in the, in, you know, like the FedEx the next thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, maybe he gets into the fun zone or whatever they're called. <laughs> the, next the next 10 and or whatever. Where are you getting the fun zone? The from? So I don't know. Between no, the, a lot of people are calling it the fun zone. <laughs> I heard that too. Between the stuff that, that, that Liv says with like the last four, the 24, all that. And then the tours had all sorts of graphics come out. I just, you know what I can't do guys anymore is, is just, I, I shouldn't need this many explainer graphics to consume our, our sport. Just every, everywhere, everywhere you look around. No, it's, I guess, I guess. I, I read it, but just for the listener's sake, that don't know how it works. Can you, can you read it back exactly how, how all this works? So if you're top 50 after the tour championship, you're locked. Is that right? Last locked. year's top 50. 
Yeah, yeah. Last year, that's next the year. mega fun zone. That that's is a the fun house cash booth. Like you're going to be walking around in in the in the phone booth full of cash next year. I guess after that, so is that like a? I honestly know. I don't know. Is it like? Is it reset? Is like, or so is it still so fifty one? Still fifty one, and then fifty one through sixty. After I guess it would be next week. After, after the, the RSM, yeah. So you're after still the falls complete. If you're basically like the top fifty stops counting. And then 51 through infinity keep going. And then they get locked after RSM. Correct. And then the next 10 also get into the elevated designated. 51 uh, through 60 get event. into the first two signature events. The, so those 10 get into the first few. And then everybody else is playing for status between, you know, if you were finished in the top 70, you've got your status. That, that's that's great maintained. But 71 through 125 are playing for the seven the, all of those are for a spot in the top 125 during a pga tour card so like nick hardy for, for for instance this week he was 51st after the regular season now he's 56th hmm. after he finished t45 this week and he just keeps kind of falling and falling and falling but he's still likely going to be in the top 60 after next yeah, week he's 65 God. spot points clear of or, or a little bit more than that 76 points clear of uh of mark hubbard i think right. the thing that i that struggle would... with is like the guys because it's not just that you know trying to get into the elevated events it's like trying to get into the you know lock up your quote-unquote card for next year but it's like what does that mean anymore that, right? like I, what does the top I 125 mean yeah. you know who's going to play in these other non-signature as designated elevated events whatever we're calling them to where like all right like if you're inside the top 150 are you good it's it's just kind of a you know, it's a whole new world, and I have no idea what it, what any of this shit means. I'm scared. No idea what any of this shit is. I'm, I'm fucking scared. scared. <laughs> Your top 125. You're a fully exempt tour member. That's what it is. And all the non-invitationals you are into, right? Isn't that what top 125 means? I'm questioning myself now that I say it out loud. But. I think so. But I think that I th maybe what my associates getting at is like those two things are just like go getting so far from each other now. Right, like the the designated yeah. signature elevated invitationals. Are, like it used to be, like invitationals. Like, oh, you're not, you're in everything but the invitationals, and that's like, oh, that's Bay Hill and you know Memorial. Now that's just Bay Hill, right? or, and now, now it's, it's just like Pebble and you know all like Riviera, all the other elevated designated signature events. Well, Genesis was an invitational, anyways. Heritage was an invitational. It's really adding Pebble to it, right? And Wells Fargo are now the ones that are like. Yeah, yeah, you're not exposed. No, but like Colonial anyway. is still an invitational. But right. It's not, it's, uh, it's not a signature. I, I, I know of a way to address all of this. Do you know what that what that way to address it all is? Less cards. Play better. That's that's all you got to do. You play better. And you probably speaking of play better, I, I would like to to shit on the Butterfield a little bit more here. Where Can I can I get an ad read in? Because I, I, I would love to, and real, I've been trying quick, here for a little while. Real quick. Real quick. <laughs> no, no. Then we can, then we can no, transition. The Butterfield this week, like they were going down the list. Like, like they, they went past DA Points is in the field. Jeff Overton's in the field. They offered a sponsor exemption to Ryuji Amada, who's like 47 years old. Hey, Camilo's uh, 41. Like, it, no, it no I know, happened. but like they're flipped. so far down. Can we just get some guys that have qualified for the tour next year off of the corn Ferry tour. Can we get them a start or two? Just get, you know, like, can we fill out the, the freaking thing with them? Like we're so far beyond the, you know, I get that the tours mandate is starts for members, but we're, we're so far down the member list to where 
like, you know, like Tom Pernice could have been in the field. Not like not too much farther down. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I think like the next 10 guys in they're like, if they would have been having more withdrawals, I think the next 10 guys, the average age was like 51 or 52. It's insane. Are you an ageist? Is that what you're saying? You don't, you don't want to, you want the olds to play the yeah, their own tour. <laughs> <laughs> of course I agree. I've, I've, I've tried to try to find some way to poke at this, but yeah, it's, it's clearly gotten pretty damn ridiculous, but it is kind of a weird transition year. We've said that and a weird year where like 48 plus dudes also pulled out of the tour and exposed this really weird bottom part that uh, exactly. is still so working we're already 48 farther it's down. Pretty. It's yeah. not good. It's not good, TC. I agree with you. I, Based yeah, on everything I'm, I'm reading, it seems like all of this is going to be cleared up very soon, though. I'm sure For next sure. year. I'm sure next year will be totally buttoned up and dialed. Our longtime partners at Precision Pro Golf have dropped some awesome new gear for the course. They're introducing the No Laying Up Duo Golf Speaker. It delivers high quality audio, audible GPS distances, a built-in magnet, a carabiner clip, carabiner clip. I, I, I've carabiner. Carabiner. Okay. I, I don't know that word. Okay. You learned by reading. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, like like uh, Chameleon and How I Met Your Mother, I think it was. It's a chameleon. Uh, and, of course, it had the iconic Wayward Golfer logo on the grill. It's the perfect gift for the golfer in your life this holiday season. All the Precision Pro stuff makes the perfect stocking stuffer. You can Those check speakers out the speakers are great. They got, they got yes. such a good magnet on them. I actually just keep mine on my fridge now. It's great. Mm. I just grab it if we're going outside. If I'm going to the golf course, it's just it's right there. Yeah. You can check out the NX10 Rangefinder where style meets performance. The NX10 offering a variety of interchangeable NLU designs and unbeatable accuracy. And yes, you can even protect your Rangefinder in style with the exclusive no laying up Rangefinder case. Precision Pro Golf is all about you, the golfer. They stand behind their products like no one else, offering free batteries for life of the product and a 90 day money back guarantee. And the best part use code no laying up to get $20 off your NX10 at precisionprogolf.com slash NLU. Again, that's precisionprogolf.com slash NLU. Code no laying up for $20 off your NX10 rangefinder. Couple final things from the Butterfield. Uh, why was Adam Scott playing this week? Wild. Question. Don't I know. did not understand that Maybe one. Maybe he's trying to shelter some money in Bermuda or something. I, that's probably a good take. Uh, I want to give a shout out to George Bryan, uh, Wesley Bryan's Hell brother, yeah. Hell yeah. half of the uh, Bryan bros. Great dude. Uh, got a sponsor's exemption into the event this year. Great use of a sponsor's exemption, if I may say. Uh, he generated quite a lot of social media buzz and interest. And in, uh, following his chase for the cut, which he made on the number, he ended up finishing T69 uh, after nice. Uh, very nice. On that exact note, Adam Long hit 69 consecutive fairways. Mr. 69, they're calling him. This is the story of the year. It's an incredible <laughs> achievement. As somebody that has hit maybe 69 straight fairways before, TC, do you have anything to say about this accomplishment? Yeah, he did it over the span of three tournaments, too. He did Unreal. 56 in a row in Mexico, all 56 in Mexico, which a little bit of an asterisk. And, I, and DJ and I texted him to say this, that you know many people are saying they're, they're, they're saying that those fairways were so wide that you could land a, you know, an A380 on them. He said there's all sorts One of, those of haters box out there. Delta 757s. I know yeah. that's where TC is going to go. Next. Yeah, but he, but you know, 69 in a row. So he did 56 there. I think he had like a couple stragglers from the tournament prior, and then all he needed was two here in Bermuda to beat it, and he did 11 in a row. Just said, you know what? We're we're gonna we're gonna. It was like Mark McGuire. 62 you know or, or uh, yeah or uh you know uh 
bonds or whatever. You know, it's like we're gonna we're gonna put some cushion there. You know, hopefully the schlong is not on PEDs. But, say, one of those. Well, judging things. by his, his driving distance, he doesn't seem to be on <laughs> on PEDs. But his his uh, accuracy is is amazing. Big shout out to Mister Sixty Nine. Uh, just an absolute an absolute feat from the schlong. And that was that was a great great tweet from the PGA Tour. As well. <laughs> the Will Chamberlain yeah. <laughs> with the sign that said sixty nine. It's so tough that they had clearly decided to do that before the number was was sixty nine. Oh, I actually think uh, they're in like, on it. Ah. I think I, they're I think, in on it. I think so too. I think that's probably right. But it, it was God. It made me laugh so hard. Sean and I were playing golf together when that that came out, and we were just just doubled over laughing at the sh- the schlong holding up the 69 piece of paper it was great we haven't really talked a whole lot about what's going on in the golf world because i think it's a pretty murky picture but i think we're starting to get start things are starting to crystallize a little bit as to what the hell is going on with the pga tour and the piff and all these investor groups and whatnot it sounds like there was a, a meeting of some sort this past week with potential or likely investors uh where um and there's an article from Eamon lynch on, on golf week that mentions potential investors being the Fenway Sports Group, uh, plus Steve Cohen and Arthur Blank. Uh, the second group is Acorn Growth Company. Shout out to Randall Stevenson. Uh, Liberty Strategic Capital is the third. Uh, Wait for it. Wait for it. How do you, how do you say Steve, this? Steve Mnuchin. Steve Mnuchin. The former, the former uh, Treasury Secretary. Uh, Secretary of the Treasury. Yeah. Uh, Eldridge Industries, which is Todd. Is that Boley, the LA Dodgers? And uh, the Friends of Golf. There it is. Which is a, <laughs> a bunch of Wall Street dudes, including George Roberts and Henry Kravis. DC uh, not becoming one of the Friends of Golf is one of the biggest upsets <laughs> on Wall Street. Nothing, yeah. nothing says Friends of Golf like like the like the two co-founders of KKR. Like, yeah, that's that's super friendly. The barbarians are at the fucking gate, guys. Um, from my, from what I've gathered, a plan was uh, presented that would include equity stakes for significant players in the game. Um, a huge week for equity. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's everybody's getting equity and everything. I don't know exactly what this means for PIF. It sounds like the PIF is kind of sitting this out and and waiting to see what happens exactly with. Uh, this round of investors, it sounds like there was some, I mean, obviously there were some serious concerns with whether or not the merger, whatever you want to call it, the PGA Tour and the PIF, uh, getting through the DOJ, it sounds like it would have much greater chances of getting through the DOJ if there's other significant American capital invested into this. And I guess the, this this round of investment can help drive the price and, and identify exactly what the price would be for the Saudis to invest in and set more of a again i'm kind of I'm, I'm approximating a lot of this but set a price like a market rate instead of the saudis coming in and dumping an outrageous amount of money to like sports wash like set the uh to set a, a a serious market price as to what the pj tour value is that the saudis can come in and buy in at would i would guess allegedly maybe make it easier to get through uh the various forms of government that it would need to get through but i know that's a lot of uh uh just kind of there's not a lot of stuff in pen in any of that i don't think any of this is is in pen but uh that is allegedly what is going on out there in the ether there's uh some interesting details that i think will start to trickle out here uh in terms of how they're doling out the equity and things like that but uh no point in, in bringing any of that up until that is finalized so yeah yeah i thought uh uh Eamon's thing was very well reported he, he made sure to point out he had eight different sources none of which were, con- were allowed to be speaking on this good job everybody <laughs> not speaking about it uh and then yeah i mean it sounds like you know the saudis have just kind of been totally 
sitting on the back burner, just hanging out. Uh, I also want to shout out Acorn Growth. Companies have been deep in their portfolio, uh, just balls deep in the military industrial complex. Like so many, so many companies I've never heard of that that probably do all sorts of defense and engineering and you know electronic systems. I would need when this is all done. I need like one or multiple of these investors to like come in and explain all of like where this value is coming from for them. I imagine it's it's part of. I doubt it's all. It's not all dollars and cents coming from. Uh, how they plan to profit off the off of professional golf, but I would I want to, I want somebody to explain this all to me because things have gotten so outsized and so ridiculous that I like I, we're still talking about the same thing that nobody's watching, right? Like we're all still talking about the same thing that has like unwatchable amount of commercials in it. Like, are you tell me you're just not going to make more commercials on this? Like, help 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 make this make sense for me as a golf fan. I, I'm going to shoot a DM to the friends at golf, see if we can get them out of the pod. The amigos. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the whole point was like the Saudis just wanted to toss like billions of dollars over market value at this. And that's why that whole thing made sense. If we're, we're taking this back to the market thing, it's just going to get rolled up into private equity stuff. <laughs> like, that's the two things I, I don't get. And we'll, we'll absolutely, uh, you know, preface this with like, I could not be further outside of my depth when you start bringing in any of this stuff. I have no idea how any of this stuff works, but as, as a, a morons uh, perspective, I think that I'm with you guys that like, I don't get how the, the train just like keeps chugging uphill and you just keep funneling more and more and more money at the thing that nobody's watching. Solly, I'm, I'm very much with you there. Uh, and then two, I, I still don't really know what happens if, you know, they, they take on your boys, the acorn growth group or the friends of golf or any of these, uh, you know, super, super investors that are coming in. If, if the PJ tour goes that direction and, you know, live either gets like spurned by that or, you know, just redoubles their efforts. I just, I don't know how that ends up, uh, going well either. So I, I, just could not be more confused slash kind of losing interest at this point to be, to be honest. The only thing I'm holding on to is like li literally you can invest in this and make the product worse. Like they can't make it worse than this. I, I, I would be uh, honestly, I don't know if I would speak I'd in absolute. Be so impressed if they could, like, honestly, it'd be really hard to make it a worse product than, than it is. And I would be genuinely impressed if they, if, if they could. And I, I don't get the sense from the people I've talked to that this the, the picture with live going forward is nearly as clear as it was made out to be on June 6th, which like very explicitly stated in the framework agreement. Like we have agreed to this and we are going to be live. will go under PGA tour control and it'll be uh, after a, you know, a, a well, I forget the, I forget what the term is, but after an analysis of the pluses and minuses and all that, we'll make a decision as to the future of live was like, I'm like, okay, well, Liv's going away. And obviously that framework agreement was just, pretty much total bullshit like there's a, you know you never make an agreement to make an agreement is what the lawyers will tell you and uh it that thing looks like it's just not even worth the paper that it was printed on at this point and it doesn't seem like the live guys are like dying to come back to the pga tour some are some are like really unhappy with how live has gone and that could be an interesting story to follow but i don't think like a lot of the dudes are just like ready to get all back in under the same umbrella and start working together again. So I don't know how all that, all that sorts itself out, which leads me to this being where you are as well, Deej of like kind of uninterested in this. Like if, if it doesn't bring all these guys back together, 
if he doesn't bring Cam Smith and DJ back to the PGA Tour and Bryson and all in this and not even the PGA Tour back to the same golf course as Rory and Spieth and Scheffler, like it, it's just kind of a rearranging the deck chairs in the Titanic thing for me. Yeah, I thought one interesting thing in in like a quote was just. Uh, it sounds like all the groups are being considered are focused on a long-term relationship rather than on short-term returns. Uh, that they, the fact that they, you know, thought it important to put that in there, I think just kind of to assuage any concerns, but it'll be super interesting to see how this flows through the tour as well. Like some, you know, take it to the players and then to the board. And then if the players want it, then I guess the board just accedes to it. Cause it seems like at this point, the, the, you know, the board of the PGA Tour is beholden to the players far, far, far more than they were previously. Wasn't Mnuchin the, the guy that 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 hopped on the G5, uh, the government G5 when he was the Secretary of the Treasury to go see the solar eclipse in Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a trap trap related right. topic. You, you very well right. may be right. But I think he's also produced uh, or, or funded, you know, like the X-Men series. We're getting risky here on our on our fall goals of uh, of one hour or less. I will say not a whole lot to add on TGL. We did a TGL podcast on Tuesday. Uh, there was an, an article that came out in Wired, Wired. A lot of good stuff in the Wired article. A lot in there. A, a, a lot in there. Did not totally miss the press release where uh, they're playing on actual grass inside. We were laughing. We were laughing about this when uh, we were Pinehurst. Nobody likes turf more than Solly. He's in, man. We, yeah. never, we didn't talk about that on the pod this week. Like, where were you guys on that one, dipshits? I, I just don't just, think that yeah, it just wasn't news. They had already announced it. I don't know. That was exciting what, to me. Why are you excited? What, what's it's the... totally flipped, Solly. He's swaying. It doesn't totally flip me. It's just better than hitting off fucking mats. I hate hitting off mats. I don't know. There's something interesting. Like, how dumb is it when you, like... When you hit one in a bunker in a, at a simulator and you go put it in like just sure. the yellow grass like yeah, that, yeah. That's, I don't know. that's horrible. Well, I, how stupid is it going to be when they when they hit off real grass to up to fifty yards and then they're like forty six yards out and they have to go hit it off artificial turf? Listen, probably potentially quite stupid. Uh, I, I God, don't know. The, the basketball comp just lingered with me all all week. We gotta watch week. it again. We gotta we we gotta do it. Uh, like a perfect club or something on. We tried, yeah, we tried to we tried to watch it at the Dornick Cottage this week, and uh, Donald Ross was not subscribed to Amazon Prime, so we could not uh, could not watch it. But I think only other anything else from the from the Wired article, Tron, you you've alluded to the the Scorpion King a couple times, but uh, you want to fill in the the details on that? I think that was a course design related thing. Yeah, is that the the Pisa guy? Yeah, he was talking about how I think one of the one of the holes was designed to to mimic like two scorpion claws and it was sounds kind of sick honestly just trying to get into the players brains it was it it sounds sick you gotta you gotta seek it out but the more golden tea the design gets the better right i mean it, totally. part of the benefit of the tgl is going to be you're not restrained by the physical aspects of a golf course and needing to put cameras out on 18 holes and elevation like literally you can make your own golf world right and you can have some serious fun with that and doesn't have to be stupid. It, it can be stupid. And that could be really fun. Like, I would encourage it to be stupid. So I, I that part kind of encouraged me a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm still. I think I'm like 55, 45 on the optimistic side for this thing. I don't know uh, what I would, uh, what you guys would put your at your your rating levels, but I don't know. Like, I think that's fairly optimistic. I. It's kind of like optimistic yeah. for what, right? I don't know. I was afraid yeah. you're going to ask that. I was terrified <laughs> of that, but like. 
optimistic that I think I'll have a, like a decent time watching it and probably would be incentivized or like encouraged to tune into the next one. For Sounds how like long? Some stuff to figure For how out. long would be no, my, honestly <laughs> my question? I think I, I don't know. I think it's yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how it. I'm pessimistic about it picking up like steam as the season goes on. Again, as we said many, many times, ha- very happy to be proven wrong on that, and I, I hope it is a success because I, I think it could do you know a lot to be an entry point to the game of golf for a lot of people. I'll, I'll buy the marketing speak on that. I don't know that the tech is like quite as big of the sales pitches as it seems to be uh, in all of these. It just seems to be very, very, very like that's the first bullet point is like the tech, the tech, the tech. And I haven't seen it in person. I think that's totally right. I haven't seen it in person, obviously, but like even in the Wired article, I'm like, yeah, no, like check it out though. Like when you put it on a screen the size of my TV, the screen looks the size of my TV. Like it, it doesn't fucking matter how big it is. Like I'm I'm watching it from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, man. Like yeah, maybe it's cool in person. Maybe everybody's like, I just really struggle to see how that's gonna come through on TV. But again, happy to be proven wrong. I don't like so I I don't understand after seeing pictures how these guys aren't gonna miss the screen. That was just a demo screen, right? Like okay. that was not, I think the, the screen is 64 feet wide and I don't know how tall exactly, okay. but it's like domed too, I think, right? So I, I, I don't know if you have to hit gotcha. a screen um, okay. necessarily. I Again, I, I, I have to assume that's one of those things that they've thought of, right? I mean, it's kind of where... sweet, like having, having that much space between where they're hitting and the screen. Like that's sick. Like you can kind of see the trajectory of the ball and see the window it's coming out of and all that. Like, I don't know. That's okay. I think the, uh, you know, I'm just my spidey sense goes off when Wired does anything these days too. After their their just glowing joke of a profile of Secretary or Mayor Pete. Mm. What was God? What was he reading? They were talking this about uh... glowing cathedral mind. I think is <laughs> the quote. <laughs> TC, you want to take us to the LPGA tour? I would love to. I would love to. Uh, not a whole lot of drama past like kind of the first go of it here today. Uh, they they were down in Tampa for get ready for it. The Annika was it the Annika presented by Gainbridge? <laughs> you told at, us to get ready for it. Why are we? It's the uh, the Annika driven by Gainbridge. Driven at by Pelican. Gainbridge at, at, at Pelican. Pelican. Presented yeah. by the January 7th committee. Yeah. Uh, January 6th. Oh, it's January. She's January 7th. Yeah. When she went to the White House. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Lilia Vu shot 62-66 on the weekend. She was actually down by three heading into Sunday. And uh, Emily Christine Peterson uh, had a bad Sunday. She shot 74. Uh, she, she finished five back after starting with a, a three-shot lead. And uh, Lilia won by three over Allison Lee, Azahara Munoz, and... You know what? Good to see Azahara back playing good golf again. Uh, I believe she she had a, a kid here over the last year or two, and uh, yeah. So you know what? Going back to like your 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 take earlier, Deej, about not knowing this the structure and the system. I think every single time, like I I watch LPGA almost every week. Every single time I look at the standings, I have to remind myself. All right, is it the top 60 that get into the CME Tour Championship? Is it the top 70? Is it the top 65? It's the top 60. So uh, we had some some big names missing the top 60, and uh, our own Madeline Sagstrom made it on the number into the top
top 60. And always worth reiterating that if you make it into the tour championship, it is totally reset and it's a flattens everything. Absolute horse race, right? 60 person, whoever finishes first wins the season long prize essentially, right? Or at least wins, wins the big cash, cash money giveaway. So something fun about that. And I think, I think season long wise, it looks like unless I think Celine Boutier wins this coming week down at Naples, it looks like Lilia Vu is pretty much a lock for player of the year, unless Celine wins. Which, yeah, Celine, I, I, you know, you, I didn't remember it being four total wins, right? I know she's had an incredible year. I was like, oh shit, she won four times this year. Like, and I knew Lilia's had this monster year. Um, was again kind of surprised at some of the big names that were missing. I guess not surprised, but it's just names cycle really, really quickly sometimes on the LPGA tour. Yeah. Lydia Ko finished outside the top 100 this year. Um, on the, and, and these are all names I picked out that have played plenty of events on the LPGA tour this year. And, you know, some have taken time off for, for various reasons. Lexi being one of those, but she's not in the CME tour t- championship. Jungin Lee six is not there. Hanako Shibuno, Maria Fossi, Matilda Castron, Emily Peterson, uh, just kind of a, a fair amount of, of, of fairly big names are not going to be involved here at the end of the year. And, uh, and, it just sucks to see that, but I was kind of, I'm kind of befuddled by Castron. Like I thought after Solheim Cup in 2021, I thought yeah. she was going to be a complete predator. She's just kind of fallen off the map. Completely. You guys will have an LPGA episode on Thursday this week in advance of the CME Tour Championship this coming weekend. We will. Yes. We will. You guys take a little golf trip this week. Pinehurst number ten. Tell us about mm. that. Uh, yeah, our friend the Dokito, uh, the X number ten. Uh, I loved it. It was awesome. It's a gorgeous piece of land. It's about, DJ, what would you say? Three, four miles yeah, south? Yeah, 10, 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, 10 minutes away from the, the, you basically go by the cradle and, you know, go down whatever that road is there, uh, like 10 minutes and, and you'll stumble upon it. Yeah. And it's, uh, they've got room. They're, they're, they got room for another golf course down there. It's kind of, it's cool. Cause it's the first time Pinehurst has, has, built anything new uh off-site in like what a hundred years or something i mean because yeah, everything really else is kind time. of on-site i guess i guess number eight of, is technically on-site but but you know like some, to get out of that cam- that main campus there and some some redos in there right like a total overhaul of number four but yeah. and obviously number two but yeah something brand new up there at at number 10 which was cool and i think kind of i think that was one of the criticisms was you know you're you're building this new course. You have this chance to really give someone a, a chance and really build up their profile. And I think on the other side of that coin or the other side of that argument is, you know, what if you are Pinehurst and you have all these golf courses, but you know, Tom Doak's going to go down as one of the greatest architects, you know, in really the history of like modern golf. And if you don't have one of his courses that, you know, I think kind of almost like lowers Pinehurst's uh, star and kind of the, you know, from like a historical standpoint. So I thought it was, it was interesting to uh, make sense of that decision. I think Tron, like, I don't know how you felt, but I know we have, you know, the course is not nearly ready for opening. I mean, it's, it doesn't open till April, I don't believe. Uh, So it's, it's not playing firm and fast and fiery or or any of those stuff. It's still growing in and they're still growing in a lot of the native and stuff like that. But uh, it just didn't play quite as, um, I don't know, hostile kind of like <laughs> it, it was a lot gentler. I thought than a lot of the, the other Tom Doak stuff that 
certainly that I've played. I still had a lot of the stuff that I absolutely love uh, from his golf courses, but it just felt like a totally different experience. You know, we were, we were joking about it. Like you get up in the morning and okay, I'm going to play a brand new Tom Doak course. I'm ready to like punch in and like go to work and you get like four five, six, seven holes in and you're kind of like, oh, this is actually just like super fun. Like I, the, you know, there's plenty of space. The greens were, there were some slopes that were actually kind of there to help you. If you're missing the totally wrong spots, you're still ready to get kind of, punched in the face but a lot of it was uh it just felt a little uh a little like i don't know a little gentler maybe was the the word i keep coming back to yeah i couldn't agree more it was more uh i was i was anticipating a bunch of just nut taps throughout the round and <laughs> there's still some of those there but but they're i don't know i had a blast i thought it was a mature it's almost like he's softening his his psyche a little bit or something but it's has um, he gone woke is that what happened here <laughs> did, did, did go woke? i think some of that might be angela moser like her you know i know she was extremely kind of like you know built the golf course there on site uh in between his visits and there's just there's some great flourishes that it gets off to a rousing start there on the front nine and and uh you know the eighth hole is kind of going to get all the all the notoriety that's the big Big one with that kind of mountain obscuring your view of, um, you know, the green and everything. And, and, and that's you, a if you haven't seen photos hole. of that, I yeah. mean, it's like that was the only time where we got to a tee box, and I was like, I don't like. There's no golf hole here. Like, are you sure we're in the right spot? And you're like looking out, and that mound is what forty feet tall, At thirty least, feet, yeah. thirty, forty, fifty feet tall, something like that. And it is just directly in front of the tee box, and you're you're just. Like, yeah, just hit it over the right side of the mound. And you get over there and it it feels like Tobacco Road or Todd Hill or one of the like just really wild ass piece of land that I think that's kind of the one stretch of the golf course that I think overlapped with what used to be the pit, uh, which is a, a kind of this like Pinehurst legend, you know, this like unbelievably wild, insane sand pit golf course that kind of went into disrepair. Um, but it, we we're talking about it. I think one of the cool things about number 10 was like it, it kind of took these like little pieces either intentionally or unintentionally and almost felt like kind of like a greatest hits of the like the sand hills area in general right like that hole felt like tobacco road there were some holes that felt like number two some hills that felt like number four some holes that felt like mid pines or southern pines and it, it was just a really cool like added up to like this sum of all of these parts that were still very unique and just very interesting. So it's, it's cool. I mean, I, I, I know we're kind of raving about it and, and, you know, we've definitely done like ad reads with Pinehurst in the past. None of this is part of that. Right. I, I think one of the things that almost makes it really interesting is like, I think watching how they develop this stuff. Um, I, I don't know. Pinehurst is just a fascinating place to me. And Tron and I have talked about it a million times, but the relationship between the resort and the members, because I, I, the members have had this like, kind of run to the place that you know in like the 50s 60s 70s uh kind of like developed this membership that allowed so many kind of retirees to to move down to pinehurst and basically just like take advantage of the greatest deal in the history of golf where it's like you granted they, they sold a lot of real estate on the back totally 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 like you but it was you know buying a lot like buying a lot becoming a member of pinehurst country club and it's like oh you just kind of cruise around in your golf cart and you can play any course any day and just have fun and as it's just become even more of like a massive golf destination over the last couple of years i think there's been like some friction there and trying to figure out how to 
cater to the people who want to play number two and number four and like want to pay a premium to do so. And you know, how do we cater to the members? How do we build new golf courses? Where do the members fit in? And so I think Pinehurst, like where I was going with all that is like, I think they're, you know, they understand probably that things have gotten a little tired in some spots. I mean, there's construction going on all over the place to, to either spruce up, like we've talked about it in the past, but like the, the manor is a really cool example of like totally rehabbing a building and turning it into something that feels pretty modern and cool. Uh, the Carolina has felt a little tired in some of my past visits, I think, and kind of making that feel a little more updated and, modern and i think these golf courses kind of speak to that too so it's almost like there's there's kind of like these two versions of pinehurst that are kind of like going back and forth with each other which is, is a long way long-winded way of saying I, I think there's some interesting stuff going on there. yeah yeah it feels like doke's doke's late career stuff it's like the reins are off and he's just like you know what i'm gonna do whatever i want like i'm gonna <laughs> do what makes me happy and i think that, i don't know that's really really cool it's been 17 holes this, this you know crazy what? TC three, was yeah. right, man. TC was right about a lot of this stuff. And I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start taking some of his people critiques. think I hate dope courses. I'm a member at one. I have like my second lowest score ever at another one. It's 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 asinine. I will say, what I do want to say the, double flex there. The, <laughs> the new USGA golf house or whatever looks like a retirement home. It's it's not good. Yeah, it looks like like a, like a a bad generic retirement home. The so golf casa. We're watching, guys. Um, ben Campbell won the Hong Kong Open by a shot over Cameron Smith. Um, That's and deep. and Richard T. Lee. Pretty tough scene there. Uh, some Honda Classic news, TC. Yeah, I just thought uh, Shoe Pack had a great great write up on this about how the tour is getting. This is over at Golf Week tour is taking over management of the former honda classic which i what's what it's called what the classic of the palm beaches i think just the yeah i don't know just the classic Um, but yeah so their championship management team is gonna assume control of the tournament which turns it into a for-profit thing and there's all sorts of questions in there about how you know how that changes the complexion of the tournament tournament raises money for the i think the nicholas children's hospital down there and there's a there's a really really good they're like there's some quips that kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier of like you know basically they've given no juice to this tournament they've screwed them over on the schedule for the last 15 years it used to be one of the most well-attended tournaments on the schedule and considering all the guys that live down in jupiter palm beach area none of those guys show up uh, there's a there's a there's a quote in here from a longtime contractor at oh, the Honda Classic. I have marked this as well. Can't keep selling a steak if you're giving them a corn dog. Uh, <laughs> and then let's see here, what else? There's a uh, uh, if it, if it's accurate that the tour is flying into a more for-profit world that goes against the original genesis of the tour, that's troubling. There was another thing that that talked about uh, getting necessary volunteers in a totally you know, charity, charity oriented thing in a post COVID world. What happens when those tens of millions of dollars aren't staying in the community or more are going up to the tour level. And then as well, just there's a nice quip in here about uh, how the tour is, I think cognizant who's a big sponsor of the president's cup is kind of waiting in the wings to sign the sponsorship deal. And the tour is waiting to announce the championship management thing so that they can kind of, uh, Sw- you know, swipe in and and look like the savior. 
of it, which I thought was just there's the, the whole thing was dripping with resentment and shade at the door. There, there's just a lot of like canary in the coal mine type of stuff in there, right? I mean, there there was the the note in there about how I might get the numbers wrong, but about how Honda was willing to pay 13 million, but the tour was like absolutely hardlining at 15 million. There's a lot of stuff about how like a title sponsor wanted to come in, but it got squashed by AT&T. I think it was T-Mobile maybe was going to come in and AT&T kind of like vetoed it because they have like a bigger seat at the table with the tour. There's stuff in there about, um, you know, how another sponsor wanted to come in, but they weren't going to be, a signature event. There's just all these things that like we've, we've joked about this for, I guess like years now, but the whole thing just feels like whack-a-mole or feels like you're like plugging holes in the boat that just keep popping up and keep popping up. And this is one of those to me that feels a little bit like, man, I don't know how you ever solve all of these problems, right? Like you're, you're talking about like none of these top 50 guys are going to these events because there's too many fucking events, man. <laughs> like something has to give at some point. And it just seems like you're going to see either you're going to see more and more stuff like this, or maybe they're trying with the for-profit stuff and the new co stuff to like basically generate so much money that they can then, you know, kind of operate these tournaments at a loss to continue providing playing opportunities for the guys that are not making juice, which again is like if you're a for-profit company, just doesn't seem like a good way to spend your profit. But it's just, I don't know, man. I I feel like I'm not smart enough to actually like connect all the dots and like explain it in a cogent way, but it just seems like something has to give at some point. And maybe that's what the start of what we're seeing. The fact that they've gone from Honda, like in Honda, I'm shocked that they lasted as long as they did after the tour just kept... It's like 50 some years, wasn't it? It was crazy. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if they were the title, but they were like, this is like the longest running on tour. Um, The other thing too is just like, like Carrier, they were talking to Carrier. Then I guess there was rumors that Aramco was going to step in and do it, which, you know, the bear trap presented by Aramco would have been a a fun thing. But but yeah, like... Does Nicholas have to run that by Milstein or how's that going to work? Yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. Like to me, it just seems like the whole membership is oversubscribed. Like, couldn't the tour just say, you know what? We have too many members. We can't, we can't adequately support these members. And you know, like we're gonna cut the membership down. We're gonna cut the Billy Host number thing. of tournaments down. It's Billy Host campaign. Um, you know, and and like I think at this point, you wouldn't really be putting anybody out because so many guys have left, and then guys are kind of aging out and retiring. So it's like you're not really screwing everybody over. I think the whole T-Mobile thing that uh, AT&T, like that was, I think that like was the genesis of like the tour losing one of their top sales executives as well. That was a big part of that too. People are fleeing. It's not good. Remember when Phil said the tour should be 30 guys? That was sick. He (laughs) said it to Brandel. Yeah. Uh, It's just another thing Phil was right about. Yeah. Um, Ludwig's in the field this week. The he, didn't RSM. Which, he didn't say which tour. Yeah. <laughs> I figured you'd be excited about that, TC. Tiger was seen walking and carrying Charlie's bag at a junior event. He would say uh, later, my ankle's fine. Where they fused the ankle, I have absolutely zero issue whatsoever. That pain is completely gone. It's the other areas that have been compensated for. He's zeroed. 
He's zero, completely zeroed out, uh, but all the surrounding areas is where I had all my problems, and I still do. So you fix one, others have to become more hypermobile to get around it, and it can lead to some issues. Uh, I'm pretty sore after caddying for four days. It was a flat course, thank God. Um, <laughs> and the last thing I have, uh, great Was that a Ryan Burr reporting? Plus credit I Associated Burr. Press, I believe okay. is where that was. Ryan uh, Burr jumped in front of his car as he was leaving the tournament. <laughs> I, I thought Ryan Burr had exclusivity to uh, Charlie Woods. The great article from Paul Kimmage, uh, either annually, or I, I don't know how often he does these, but I don't know how he gets Rory to just squeal. Uh, but he, he his Rory interviews are just fantastic. He did a great uh, kind of double interview with him and Shane Lowry. The interviews were done separately from what I gather, but he interweaves the quotes like to each question as if they're in the same room together and kind of talking about each other a little bit. And it's, it's just fascinating, but he goes into the stuff that's going to make the headlines is he goes into the Cantlay situation. Obviously um, he'd say my relationship with Cantlay is average at best. We don't have a ton in common. We see the world differently. But when I saw he was getting stick on the 17th and 18th greens, I tried to quiet the crowd down for him. I don't think Fitz and I were afforded the same opportunity to try and hold those putts to have the match, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, he said, he also said about the issue. So when Patrick holds the putt and Joe's celebrating, I think he lost control of where he was for a moment or where he was in relation to my ball, but I'm trying to give him the bit of the doubt. I'm like, right. I need to concentrate on this. I read my putt from behind the ball. Then I go behind the hole. And as I'm walking back to the low side of my putt, Joe is right in my way. I say, Joe, can you move please? I doubt he said that exactly, but, uh, and he's waving his hat. He said, we can celebrate too. And I said, I don't give a fuck if you celebrate, just do it over there. And that's when Shane and the boys start chirping at him um, and all that. He, he goes into the details and uh, he, he also calls Cantley a dick throughout the course of this, which I think is going to get uh, aggregated and put into a lot of different places. But I could read every word from that article uh, as a quote because it really is that good. Um, it's so cool. Guy. And it's it's so uh so like masterfully edited too. I love how they I love the structure of how they did it with a lot of the like opening each section kind of has like an opening uh either like excerpt or pull quote from somewhere else. Uh and then the way they they edited their two quotes or two like sets of quotes together was really cool. I yeah, the Ryder Cup stuff is is fun and you're kind of hanging on every word, but I really loved like the stuff about those two, you know, you you forget all about like the horizon sports uh kind of debacle that went on when Rory had to change agencies and Shane was part of that and like you kind of have these two guys that grew up playing Irish golf together that uh then kind of had like all this weird business stuff get in the way there was just some great reflections on um just those two as as young guys uh how they went about things differently a lot of like vacations they've taken like I, I think they're just a lot closer than I probably ever really realized so just an awesome 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 piece it was i believe the irish independent is that right if we didn't if we didn't shout that out uh ahead of time but just an awesome read i think there's another it sounded like there's more parts to come more to come yeah he, he does a good job of stretching these out and make them every sunday for a couple of weeks so ricky elliott and claude Harmon getting like claude Harmon just being in the middle of that <laughs> trying to diffuse it and the scrum there and then and then yeah, Rory said, uh, Joe LaCava used to be a nice guy when he was cutting for Tiger, and now he's cutting for that dick. He turned into a dot, dot, dot. I love that. Made my day. Um, yeah, he talks about yelling at Bones and and all that, and go, just some great behind-the-scenes detail on on what went down that night and all that. So, guys, we failed greatly this week uh, on our tightened fall episodes, but we, we missed on that. You know what? We missed last week. So yeah. we had a lot to catch up on. So I don't feel bad. No, I'm not going to apologize for that. Sally, there was one question 
as well. I thought this was a good question. From Farmer uh, Rhino One. He said, big buyout day. If you could buy <laughs> out one gym, person though. in golf, player, commissioner, media personality, coach, live, or PGA tour, anyone, and have them disappear forever, who would it be? Gosh, I should have given this more thought. That's such a good question. I feel like I know TC's answer. I, mean, I, think I definitely know TC's answer. Yeah, it's like, well, it's like, where do you want to put your money, right? Do you want to, if you think somebody's losing their job or, or going to get, you know, lose their car or whatever. Yeah, but like, you don't want to waste a buyout on somebody who's probably going to exit stage oh, left sure. anyway. So like, that sure. was going to be my, my, uh, my Monaghan thing, but I would buy out Cantlay for sure. Like, just so, you know, just go away. Like, golf's better the, without you. I think the Cantlay, I, I respect that. I think the Cantlay thing's about to get more interesting. I think we bottomed out, and now there's, like, so much critical mass towards, like, the slow play, the Ryder Cup stuff, the Rory rivalry, and also, like, him playing really well that I think it's about to, I think it's about to get more interesting over the next couple of years. I'm waiting for him like say or do something that like starts to make a lot of the behavior make sense. Like at least like let it give us a window into like, Oh, okay. Well now I kind of view that situation like a, like a 5% differently, but it just keeps getting worse. Everything he does makes every situation worse. And there needs to be like some kind of, Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that part of the story. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. And, um, I, I, I think it's got to be Norman, right? Although he's kind of toned everything down. It's been a lot Norman's less dramatic. <laughs> yeah, it is, I was going to say Yasser, probably. For the, <laughs> that would be a big buyout. We got to talk to the Piff about maybe... maybe they <laughs> you might have to have Jimbo Fisher finance that one. <laughs> a lot of candidates, man. I mean, Keegan, certainly Keegan. up there. Uh, Team Rose. Although I got, you know, again, I, I think I said that I'm, I'm on a one year, not going to make fun of Team Rose buyout. Yeah, like uh, Team Rose kind of refused the buyout after. The, it's true. <laughs> after the, after the Ryder Cup, I'm I I think I got to leave Team Rose alone for a while. He was he was impressive. Zach Johnson. That was fun. I think you just designate him for assignment. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's getting it. I don't think. I think the team is declined. <laughs> he doesn't have option. any more guaranteed money anyway. <laughs> I think we're yeah, good here. Exactly. That contract. Uh, Man, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna think about this one. It's some good, that's a good question. It might be a full episode someday, but we are gonna wrap it at that. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Uh, we will have an interview podcast up Tuesday. Uh, we'll be back with a recap next week of the RSM as we head into Thanksgiving. Uh, we thank you for spending your fall with us, and we'll be back here soon. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Honey, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect.